Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join the editors of Consumer Guide Automotive as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Tom Appel. All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for sticking around today. When you have a chance, check us out at ConsumerGuide.com. If you're looking for a new car or truck, you'll want to peruse our 2020 Best Buy picks, a great place to begin your new car search. Also, if you could stream, also you can stream back episodes right there uh, on the site. Not looking for a new car right now? Then skip to our blog because that is where the fun stuff is. All right. She is the editor-in-chief of Auto Exotica magazine. Jill, how's it going? Ah, it's going really well. How are you doing this morning? I am good. Are you safely ensconced someplace germ-free? Yes, I am safely ensconced someplace germ-free. It is also, unfortunately, donut-free. Yeah. Yeah, no donuts for another week in a row. Well, just two weeks. Yeah. We've only gone two weeks donut-free. Two weeks donut-free. And I think it's looking like no donuts for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. That voice you hear is Damon Bell. He's the senior editor (laughs) of Consumer Guide Automotive. He is also president of the Midwest Automotive Media Association. Damon, how's it going? Uh, In spite of the lack of donuts, I'm doing okay. I noticed you're not in the office today. That's right. I'm in my basement, and I've, (laughs) I've kicked out my wife and two boys, so... I should not have anything intruding on my Wi-Fi feed, so we should be good. <laughs> I should also note that I should also note I should also note that I have shaved once since last week. I have so. not. <laughs> I have not. We'll have to post pictures of our semi-shaved heads. Oh. And and I actually showered today, so. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is all very weird. Also, I have no idea if Damon's actually doing any work or not. So. The, oh yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> pop on, pop on to our to our uh, blog posting software at uh, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, and you'll see me on there. Well, then I would have to work. So this is all very complicated. <laughs> uh, after the first break today, we're going to talk to Cars.com executive editor Joe Weisenfelder. Joe has some cool news about how Cars.com is facilitating auto shopping during this strange virus shutdown. But before that. Jill. Yes. Jill, you have some news for us? Yeah. You know, so this is, it's an interesting uh, piece. Um, It's on the car connection and it's written by one of our fellow Chicago automotive journalists, Robert Duffer. And um, it kind of follows up on what we were talking about last week. And I think also ties in a little bit to what we will be talking about uh, later today in that, um, car shoppers are now able to cash in on deals during the pandemic. So look on the bright side, if there is a bright side to all this. If you're buying a new car right now, apparently there's a lot of really good deals and incentives to doing that right now. And, uh, you know, I just just thought it was kind of an interesting thing because people aren't buying anything right now. But apparently they're still buying cars and getting crazy good deals in the in the process of of doing that. Yeah, this is a very strange time for car dealers. And one of the interesting things is that we rolled into this this weird shutdown with dealers. What was it? Sixty five, 70 day supply sitting on dealer lots. And -hmm. this is a very weird position for dealers to be in because it costs money to floor plan Mm -hmm. that inventory. So every single month, a $35,000 car costs a dealer 75, 80, 100 bucks to just Mm. have sit there because they borrowed that money for that inventory. So they want to get rid of that stuff now and no one is buying that stuff. Yeah. Uh, But tell tell us a little bit about these incentives. Uh, I'm like, now you're you're putting me on the spot here Um, because I was going to talk about something else. Well that's, well, that's fine, Jill. But, Jill, here's one of the things I noticed about these incentives. And tell me if this okay. seems familiar to you. And that's that, that's that there's not a lot of cash being discussed. We're not hearing about $5,000 off or anything like that. No. What we're hearing about are, are all these affordability plans 
where people mm -hmm. can buy a car now and then not pay for it for three, five, or six months, or interest-free loans for a long, very long time. But the deferred yeah. payment thing is really interesting because I think people are afraid to buy right now. Of course they're afraid to buy right now, right? Things right, are crazy. Right. But you can buy now and not pay for your car for six months and maybe get seven years. I've seen seven years of financing for free. So it, yeah. it's, it, manufacturers aren't throwing money at this, but dealers are being very cooperative. Additionally, and this is one of the things we're going to talk to Joe about, there are a lot of dealers that are willing to bring the car to you and, and even in some cases allow you to test drive that vehicle without having to touch or talk to anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know um, in Duffer's article, he mentions that, you know, he, he quotes somebody from Nashville, Tennessee, who said they got a 0% interest Plus, it's 120 days until his first payment is due. So, you know, hopefully by that point, we're going to be well out of whatever is going on here. And, um, you know, it's it's just very interesting, you know, that, that dealers are, are willing to do this. But what I was going to talk about was the fact that even before the pandemic uh, came into play, you know, the the forecasts were already kind of bleak for this year in terms right. of um, car sales. And, um, you know, J.D. Power um, kind of predicted a huge drop in car sales anywhere from like 20 to 40 percent over 2019. So, um, you know, you're looking at car sales of maybe 14 million in 2020 when um, last year they sold 17 million. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting things kind of in play at the moment, in addition to, okay, you know, we were already projecting a bad year. Then we have this stupid, you know, pandemic going on. And what what can we do or they do, I guess, to, to kind of incentivize people to, you know, even hit 14 million in, in sales. And so, you know, as you mentioned, these crazy incentives of 0% interest and 120 days, you know, to even start paying or maybe, you know, seven year loans, which, you know, that, that to me in itself is crazy. I, you know, I, I seven year loan, <laughs> who wants to pay on a car for seven years? But hopefully yeah, once it, this it, is out, you can pay it all off or whatever. Yeah, this is mildly off topic. Mm -hmm. If you were fortunate enough to score an interest-free 84-month loan, that doesn't mean you have to drag your payments out for 84 months. You can right. pay those off early. You should pay that off early because that's insane. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I don't but, think there are usually penalties to paying off early. No, no, almost never. Uh, on factory and yeah. OEM car loans. An interesting thing too about this situation is that companies like brands like Honda and and Subaru tend to maintain fairly small supplies of vehicles. So they're not going to be in the same situation as other manufacturers and you may not see the same deals on those vehicles because right. they're probably going to burn through their inventory fairly quickly and there just won't be Subarus or Hondas to buy for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that our guest uh, Sam Fiorani talked about last week. That yes, yeah, Subaru uh, very frequently is barely staying ahead of demand for their cars. That you know they're right. not building them quite fast enough. So yeah, they they wouldn't have the same inventory issues. So actually, uh, Damon, great segue because we were going to talk about a <laughs> Subaru today. Hey, hey, Jill. Right. Yes. Jill, you sometimes find yourself behind the behind the wheel of test product. Yes, I do. Thanks for confirming that for me. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what, what have you driven recently that you would like to talk about? Um, I'm actually currently driving the Subaru Outback, and I, I was on the press preview last year for this vehicle and really, really liked it. And, you know, and, and that is just a window into, okay, how, how is this vehicle driving? What does it look like? What does it, you know, do? But it's a very carefully curated drive route and a program to show you, you know, the car in the best light possible. So I always love to get cars at home in addition to, sure. you know, driving them in the first look because, you know, this really gives you a chance to see how it performs in everyday life. You know, how does it handle potholes? Where are you going to put your groceries? You know, if you have a stroller, or if you have a purse or a briefcase, where does that go? You know, how does your passenger feel in the car? If do you, you know, how are your backseat passengers in the car? And, and so, um, so this is my second look at the vehicle and I'm very pleased to report it is still incredibly comfortable and I still really like it. 
Um, I've, I've had it since Monday and, you know, obviously in these times I'm not running errands like I would normally do. But, uh, yesterday what I did is I just took a long drive on the highway up North and, uh, just kind of went and then took, um, anybody in Chicago will be familiar with this. I, I drove all the way up towards, uh, Glencoe and then went East and then took Sheridan road all the way back down to the city. So trying no, to get, a good uh, road. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get like a good feel of not only highway, but city driving and, and see how it feels. And I mean, the word I keep coming back to whenever I describe the Outback is comfortable. You know, everything about it is comfortable. Like you get in and the steering wheel, it feels good in your hands. The leather, on um, because I'm in the top tier XT touring trim. So it's like very nice leather and, and it feels good in your hands. And for me, I mean, I have small hands, so it's like the right size steering wheel for me. And um, hopefully for you guys as well. But, um, you know, everything is within easy reach on the center stack. The seats themselves are really squishy and comfortable and supportive. And, um, you know, driving down the road, you know, yeah, you're going to feel the potholes, but it's not like a teeth clattering, clank, clank, clank. And, um, you know, on the highway, it's quiet, it's smooth. It, you know, and, and this has the up-level uh, 2.4 liter turbocharged boxer engine and so it's you know got that zip to it as well and i i don't know i just i i liked the subaru outback i mean the first time i drove it was probably the previous generation and i fell in love with it then and um so this is kind of like carried over and and i just i'm gushing I'm sorry. <laughs> I really like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, we we do actually. Yeah, those of us at Consumer Guide like it as well. In fact, to the point that we made it uh, one of our best buys. We added mm -hmm. it to our best buy roster this year. We should point out that the Outback is all new. It's redesigned mm -hmm. for 2020, and the the top engine, the 2.4 liter that you're talking about, is a turbocharged four cylinder that replaces mm -hmm. the previous six cylinder. Uh, 260 horsepower, which uh, yeah provides very, uh, uh, very satisfying acceleration, and they've added a lot of technology features as well. They've got a driver-focused mm -hmm. driver monitoring mm -hmm. system where I believe they've got a camera that's actually looking to make sure you're facing forward. Yep. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, new technology that has been put into the, the new Outback and its uh, companion sedan, uh, which is uh, the Subaru Legacy midsize sedan. The Legacy mm -hmm. does not have the same kind of SUV flavored body addenda and the raised ride height that makes the Outback so popular and has made it popular uh, for quite some time. Um, very large, uh, vertically oriented touchscreen too. And mm -hmm, one of the mm -hmm. things that I liked about that, the icons were very large and easy to use while you're driving. Yeah, Here's no, a weird they, thing they about definitely... the. I'm sorry, go ahead, Jill. Oh, I was gonna say, you know, the, the, the touchscreen is great, I love it, but the one bad thing that Subaru has done that is annoying the snot out of me is they've hidden the auto stop start off button. So, um, you know, in the, in the spate of new vehicles, uh, manufacturers are adding the, this feature we call auto stop start. And so basically, whenever you get to a stop sign, your engine shuts off. And when you take your foot off the brake, the engine turns back on and you can go. And so it's like every time you stop, the engine shuts off. It annoys the ever-living daylights out of me because it also <laughs> mutes your HVAC. It sometimes locks your wheel. And sometimes it provides just enough lag so that if you're trying to get into a tight window of traffic, you could miss it and get hit and I hate it. <laughs> um, and, and so I've been very vocal about this. Um, and, but most manufacturers have a hard button that you can, uh, very visible in the center console that you can just tap it and turn it off and you have to turn it off every time, fuel economy, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but Subaru has hidden it and you basically have to go through like two or three screens to um, access this and you have to do this every time to turn it off. So I like the big buttons, but I hate the fact that they've hidden this auto stop start off button. Huh. One of the interesting you know, things in, in about the Outback too is, oh, I'm sorry, Damon. Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead, uh, go sorry. ahead, your turn, Tom. Uh, but but, but <laughs> let's, let's just be honest here, and this is absolutely no, no smear on the Outback, it's just a station wagon. And, and, and America, <laughs> has, 
America has completely turned its back on station wagons, but they love the Outback. And I kind of get it. calling it a wagon. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I kind of get it. I, I, if there was a legacy wagon and an Outback, I would go with the Outback every time. But the interesting really thing about remarkable. it. It really is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> But the Outback is actually Subaru's best-selling vehicle uh, by a thin yeah. margin over the Forester. Uh, now, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say something very. Uh, I'm going to say a very auto journalisty thing. Uh, I fully understand why, it, it, and it, it is like Subaru has just sprinkled this SUV seasoning packet on its legacy <laughs> wagon to make the Outback, and it has succeeded like gangbusters like but at its core it is a legacy wagon and the thought that i had like i i had the same uh test vehicle that jill has right now we had it in Mm -hmm. at consumer guide uh by the way i'm a big fan i think it's called cinnamon brown pearl gorgeous color on that that car uh just this it's beautiful the tone and metallic it's it's the perfect color for uh outdoorsy vehicle like the outback uh, but in driving that test vehicle, and I put a lot of miles on the one we when we had it in, it's it it's drives well. It's the perfect blend of a car and SUV. It's got that slightly raised ride height, and along with that, there's it's a step less nimble if you're kind of hustling it through corners, which is to be expected because of the raised right. ride height, a little bit higher center of gravity. As I'm driving the Outback, but but again, the ride is very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the raised ride height makes it a little bit easier to get in and out of, especially when you're an older, tall guy like me. Uh, but as <laughs> I'm so driving old. it, and it, uh, I feel old. <laughs> but as I'm driving it, the, I'm feeling that, you know, the cushiness, and it's not quite as, as nimble as a traditional, purely on-road oriented mid-size vehicle, mid-size car would be. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this Outback is really nice, but you know what I would like probably even a little bit better? A regular legacy wagon, <laughs> which they don't make anymore. Right. But I, but I completely understand that, that that is a non-seller in today's market, while the Outback has been and continues to be Subaru's best-selling vehicle. Well, on that well, note, uh, the Outback outsells the legacy by about six to one. So mm-hmm. America has cast its vote. They, they have. Mm-hmm. And, and just adding to what you were saying about the, the nimbleness, and, and uh, this is the joy of not actually having a visual cue of us, like being able to see each other, because <laughs> I usually raise my <laughs> hand when I want to talk. Um, but uh, the, um, the turning radius is really good. Uh, I, I live in the city, and I have a very tight garage space that I have to wedge my cars into, and sometimes they don't always fit. Um, you can check out my Instagram feed for the um, when I'm driving pickup trucks and I play the will it fit game. Um, yeah. But <laughs> but uh, the 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 Outback is one of those vehicles like it it basically turns on a dime. It's really tight in the turning circle, and I can back into my space really well in a, a small space. So um, yeah. even though it's not as nimble. When you're driving on curvy bits, it's it's still really good for an urban situation because it has a really decent turning radius. Well, cool, yep. Jill. If you and had another to reason. Outback, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry, Jill. If you We're had flying to get the blind Outback, here. No, I know. No, I can't see anybody. <laughs> but we do have to wrap this segment up, Jill. If you had to give the the Outback a letter grade, what would you give it? I would give this a solid A. Solid A. Yeah. I hate hollow A's, so I'm glad that that's a solid A. Well, it's more of a solid A. It's not an A minus. It's it's an A. It's an A. I get it. All right. Solid. Solid. Solid is, yeah. Solid is better in both uh, vehicle ratings and Easter Bunny <laughs> chocolates. Yes. All right. The Outback is also a Consumer Guide Best Buy, as Damon mentioned. We will link to, uh, on our Facebook page, we will link to our our Best Buy review. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to speak with Joe Weisenfelter of Cars.com. Stick around. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. 
All right, this is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for sticking around. If you haven't done so, this is your big chance. Follow me on Twitter. I am car underscore guy underscore Tom, car guy Tom on Twitter. You'll want to do that. I promise to amuse you. All right. Our guest today is the executive editor of Cars.com. He is also a North American Car of the Year juror, and frankly, he just knows an awful lot about cars. Welcome, Joe. Hey. Hey, Tom. Hey, everybody. Hello. Joe Weisenfelder. Joe Weisenfelder of Cars.com. That's right. I don't have his last name in front of me. You didn't have his last name? No, it's not in the press material. His whole bio, no last name. It's weird. No, it is true. Because he's just Joe. He goes by Joe, like like Prince goes by Prince. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, Joe, I assume that you are. This is very risky for me to say this on 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 the air, but my my email address is just Joe at cars dot com, and I'm not soliciting. <laughs> I'm not soliciting any any like correspondence, but that's that's kind of how I'm known. I'm Joe at cars dot com. So. So yeah. please send him an email that's, that's, and say hello. No, no, no. That's one of the perks. That's one of the perks. I can't give up that email address. It's too simple. Yeah. Yes. That's one of the perks. That's one of the perks of being a ground floor employee. It's true. Back in 1993, uh, when I was new to AOL, America Online, oh, I used yeah, to yeah, yeah. I used to CC a guy on all my emails. I just assumed he was real. Bob at AOL.com. And and after about a year of this, he finally got an email from him asking me to stop. So, <laughs> there was a Bob at AOL.com. But anyway, Joe. Yes. Joe, tell us a little bit about Cars.com. Uh, Cars.com uh, is a Chicago-based company, always has been. Uh, started in 1997. That's when I started. We launched the site in 98. <laughs> and, uh, yes, been there a long, long, long time. Um, <laughs> since I always say since the late 1900s. Um, and uh, we, uh, what we try and do is put uh, buyers and sellers together. We have new and used car listings, uh, lots of advice content, which is what I work on as an editor. We have a pretty robust editorial team full of what I like to call real journalists uh, and uh, uh, some pretty sharp people uh, working on uh, the product as well, which, which is actually a little bit of what I want to tell you guys about because we're, we're all trying to kind of move quickly and adapt to this nuttiness that we're dealing with with the with the pandemic and uh and help people who still want to get you know do some shopping and 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 find out what's going on out there so yeah uh, a, a quick note i'm, I'm familiar with cars.com editorial content and it's outstanding uh, and it's a credit to you guys and what you do um but tell us now okay. you guys are working on making cars easier to buy for people who are stuck at home. Tell us about that because it's absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, I got to give credit to our product people. Um, they, uh, I, I, weeks ago already, like jumped into action and worked with our uh, like dealer partners and sellers, essentially uh, new and used car sellers, to uh, uh, provide badges on the listing. So if you search for a vehicle and the listings come up, you will see a badge or can see a badge that says local home delivery for um, any seller that will bring the car to you. Uh, and also something that says virtual appointments, another little badge. And virtual appointments means that the seller or dealer is equipped and willing to do FaceTime or Google Chats or whatever to do a walk around of the car or answer questions or do anything in that way or chat. And chat is, 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 a, is a, uh, a functionality that cars.com has had for a while. And we've had this, you know, we've been trying to help uh, consumers and dealers work together in ways that work for both of them for a while. Because uh, consumers consistently, you know, want to do things a different way. I mean, and this goes back, you know, 10, 20 years. It's like they don't necessarily yeah. want to go to the dealership. They might want to, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, negotiate over the phone or over text or chat or something like that. And that's something we've kind of been trying to make happen. And now it's necessary. Uh, so these mm -hmm. these badges actually are really helpful because you know immediately that you're going to get 
more service and, and not going to have to go to a dealership. And this is nationwide and understanding that some areas are more locked down. Some states are more locked down than others. So it's, it's helpful. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to throw out there one of the interesting things we found because we did a survey is that there's more demand than you might think for new cars, partly because there are people who, who, who didn't own cars that are now considering them. Um, and that is exactly. because they, they don't want to go on public transportation and oh, they are yeah. concerned about the cleanliness of ride sharing. Uh-huh. Um, so in the, the respondents, I should, I should say the actual numbers, um, uh, among the respondents that don't own cars, the outbreak has pushed 17% to consider purchasing a car. Uh, wow. And yeah, that's what I said. I said the same thing. And it was, and the reasons given were uh, 43% of those don't want to ride public transportation and 28% don't trust the cleanliness, I think is the way we put it, of, of other people's cars. So there's actually right. a, a bit of an increase in demand um, and, or at least interest in, in shopping and, and buying among people that hadn't owned cars before. And, and it's totally understandable at this point. Joe, I'm looking at the, um, the ad. You, you shared with me um, some clips from uh, Cars.com, some of the, uh, the dealer ads. And one of them is for a 2019 Honda Accord Sport 1.5T. Nice car. And it's both got local home delivery is available and virtual appointments. Is it possible then for me to buy this car without ever going to the dealership at all? Um, my suspicion is that the amount that you can accomplish remotely will vary with the dealer. But suffice okay. it to say, you can get closer than ever before. I think where you run into trouble is with signing documents. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, in yeah. some... In some states, that, that that is just absolutely still required. I don't know how much electronic signing is even allowed, um, but you're closer than ever. And, and honestly, one of the things that we like to, I mean, everyone in this situation wants to have a, a, a silver lining, um, and yeah. there are not many because people are suffering <laughs> in so many different yeah. ways, and some people yeah. are losing their lives. I mean, this is not, a, I mean, this is a serious, serious time. Uh, but what we've noticed is one of the things that's happening with this change is that uh, the dealers are kind of coming around to what consumers have wanted for a long time and what we at Cars.com have been trying to nudge them to do for quite a while, which is institute these new means of communicating with consumers mm-hmm. uh, and doing more remotely and not having someone have to sit for hours in a dealership. Um, and I think things like delivery to the person, I, I, I suspect that when things calm down and when we recover from this, as we will, that delivery will remain a more popular feature. And mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, I think that's positive. Um, and I, and I, anyone who's experienced um, things like the valet service, if you have valet for uh, maintenance and repair like uh, Genesis, the Genesis brand offers. Mm-hmm. We owned a Genesis G70 for a year because it was the Cars.com best of 2019. It's a great car. And they come and pick it up from you and go and repair it or do an oil change and bring it back to you. And I said, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I, I, think, I bet. I just think so- every, I think that is such a great opportunity. And now for, for these unfortunate reasons, um, I think maybe the dealers and service people are going to be forced to do it, and maybe that great, you know, service will stick around afterward. So, if dealers are forced to do this, Joe, uh, just just by public demand, do you think that there'll be any manufacturer support for these, and maybe some branding? Because essentially, what we've done, that we, the public, has done, is is more or less force dealers into position to be direct competitors for things like Carvana and Vroom. And it would seem like some branding and some marketing support from the manufacturer could really kick this off. I think ultimately it would help. And what we're seeing already from manufacturers is you're seeing, like, I think just today I saw that, that uh, Fiat Chrysler was claiming that all of its dealers are um, supporting this remote means of, oh. of selling. So, hmm. so it's not just individual dealers 
or dealer groups that are that are making the claim. Um, and we know that that the manufacturers themselves were the first to start, um, you know, relaxing, you know, some of the payments, like no payments for 90 days and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and some zero percent financing. Which, in fairness, that's always for the people who qualify. It's not the best deal in right. the world yet. But as the economy softens, as it inevitably, you know, has done and will probably continue to do, those deals might get even better. Uh, it, it's it's possible that what you suggested will continue to happen. Because, yeah, I think you're right. I think it would be uh, a big advantage for them. What do you think happens to the test drive experience? I know that in the case of Carvana, they will deliver a car for, to you that you can test drive. Is, <laughs> is, is that happening here, do you think, with these... Uh, with dealers who are doing the uh, the virtual experience, um, it, it's definitely happening with some of them. Um, one of the things that's that should be known about dealers is uh, if there's a chance for them to sell you a car, uh, and, and <laughs> they're going to sell you a car. <laughs> yeah, if they have to go the extra mile, they're going to do it. I mean, the smart ones will, and that's and that's yeah. not a new story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like. If if you say, hey, I, I want to buy my you know spouse a, a car as a gift, but I want the big bow on it. I mean, that happened. I know Lexus is kind of known for doing that, but you can do that with any car because the dealer is going to find a way to do it, <laughs> you know? So it, it's, mm-hmm. dealers are really good at figuring out ways to make these things happen. And there are guidelines for, you know, uh, sanitizing uh, a car, at least improving your odds. I mean, there are never guarantees. I actually wrote the, you know, can you disinfect a car against coronavirus um, article for cars.com, which you can find in our news section, which is cars.com slash news. Uh, it just talks about what you should use, which may, you know, primarily is alcohol if you can. But um, it seems like a lot of uh, the dealerships are doing that. Um, we had uh, our new, our best of 2020, a Hyundai Palisade serviced uh, about a week ago, and they were all over it. I mean, it was not just, you know, our, you know, Kelsey Mays, our our editor, who you also know, who handled it. He wasn't the only one there with his, you know, alcohol wipes, making sure everything was cleaned <laughs> off. They were, they were like, they were taking turns from a safe distance. Um, right. So it seems like people are being really mindful about it, and. I think that's part of the plan. It's like if they deliver a car for you to, to test drive, they make sure it's all as as sanitized as they as they can make it. And if you're smart, frankly, if you're a smart uh, consumer or shopper, uh, you're going to go over it yourself, too, because there's a lot of surfaces in a car, and you're probably going to be touching a lot of them if you're doing a test drive. It's not like, hey, I just need right. to go out and buy groceries. You want to open the right. glove compartment. You want to check all this stuff. That's a Press lot of buttons. surfaces. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> That's interesting. So, so essentially, if you are in a position to buy a car right now and you're not worried about your income stream, this is a great time to buy a car while you're watching TV. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, I think it might become a great time to buy a car. I'm not seeing terrific deals yet, frankly. Huh. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of hmm. deferred payments and zero yeah. percent financing for people who qualify, but. Not everyone qualifies, and people who who don't qualify for the best rate are probably going to get a better rate than they would have two months ago. But it's really a question of when does the market start to reflect the fact that sales are down, and when do mm-hmm. transaction prices go down? When do asking prices go down? When do the dealers start saying, all right, I'm going to let you have this at a, at a deep discount? Or do the, auto, the automakers do that? Um, so... Uh, it, it, I mean, the deals themselves might actually get better. You know, in the conversation we had just before you joined us, Joe, we talked a little bit about that and the fact that manufacturers are not hugely incentivized right now to put money on the hoods of cars. There are only so many cars they have out there. Dealers, on the other hand, are for planning this, this, this inventory and would love to get this stuff off their lot. So it, it seems like the dealers are a little bit more anxious to sell the cars than perhaps manufacturers, because you're right. I looked around for rebates, and I didn't see any actual cash uh, earlier well, they're, today. They're exactly, and, and a lot of these deals don't include the cash on the hood. And, and that is when it really starts to tell you something, because the people of means are the ones, the ones who can pay cash for a car are the mm-hmm. ones looking for cash back. They, I mean, 0% financing doesn't do anything for them. 
Um, right. But here's the thing to know. I think several manufacturers, I don't know how many, have also relaxed the floor plan um, uh, payments for the dealerships. Because a lot of the oh. dealerships, I mean, people who don't know, dealers buy the cars uh, that they sell to you, but they actually finance them as you finance a car. And typically huh. they do that through the manufacturer themselves. So that's one of the reasons they want to get rid of the cars, because they're paying to have them there. That's what Tom meant by floor plan. That's the name they use for it. But um, those payments, I think, were were also relaxed for about 90 days. So you're right to say that they're not in a hurry to get rid of vehicles. And the manufacturers might not because they're not building as many. And the dealers might not be either. But that ultimately will probably change. Um, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Joe, we're about out of time, but we appreciate you joining us today. Tell us how we can find all the stuff you were just talking about at cars.com. Um, car, uh, all of the, the coverage is cars.com slash news. Uh, and uh, if you search for uh, a newer used car, uh, any of the listings that come up, uh, you should look for those, uh, those badges that we talked about, about whether you can, uh, can uh, you know, negotiate and all that stuff virtually. Uh, and maybe have a car delivered to you. Joe, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Let's do it again. We will soon. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. All right. Thank we you. will be okay. back in a moment with the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Power Quiz. Thanks, Joe. Okay, bye. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. We're back. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Jill. Yes. Jill, how can the kids follow you in Twitter land? So you can follow me one of two ways. Um, you can search for my Twitter handle, which is just my name, all one word, and that's Jill Simonello. And Simonello is C-I-M-I-N-I-L-L-O. Or you can search for the hashtag Car du Jour, um, and that would be on Twitter and on Instagram. Sounds good. Hey, Damon. Yes. You're, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at Damon Bell Likes Cars. Sounds good. All right. Are you guys ready for today's Car Stuff Power Quiz? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> there was only a slight hesitation there. Yes, Tom, we are ready for the quiz. What, what satisfies me most is the enthusiasm. All right. <laughs> Today's quiz is entitled Porsche or Pacifica. Uh, I, have wow. five, I have five vehicle attributes. You're going to have to tell me if those attributes are of a Porsche or a Chrysler Pacifica minivan. Are you ready? Now, are we talking 2020 or 2021 Pacifica? Because they've just redone, redesigned it. Everything here, I believe, is updated. It. Yeah. Yes, refreshed. Uh, it probably isn't going to matter in the least, but I believe everything okay. here is 2020 at this okay. at the moment. Okay. I'm guessing. That, I, I'm guessing that you don't have easy attributes like stow and go, second row seats. No. Because I, I can tell you that's Pacifica. That's not Porsche. Okay. Half point for Damon. <laughs> All right. Half half point for Damon. Brown nosing in class. All right. <laughs> That's not brown nosing. That's brown nosing. Right. It, it felt like a racer clapping. I don't know. All right. All right, kids. Question number one. Is jazz blue pearl coat a Chrysler Pacifica color or a Porsche 911 color? Mm, do I go first this time? Sure. Uh, that I'm going to guess that that's a Pacifica color. Jill? I will also guess Pacifica. You are both correct. One point for both of you. Question right. two. Is the $1,270 dynamic light system plus option available on the Pacifica or the 911? Say that again. The $1,270 dynamic light system plus option. Is that available on the Pacifica or the 911? I'm going to say Pacifica, because if it was on the Porsche, the 911, it would be more expensive than that. <laughs> mm, I don't see uh, Pacifica having an option quite that expensive for headlights. So I'm going to say I'm going to use the reverse <laughs> logic of Jill and say Porsche. 
Damon is correct. Uh, Ooh. Two for Damon, how, one for how, Jill as we move into question they, three. Actually, that would be two and a half for Damon. But um, how do they have an option <laughs> that cheap is my question. Okay, go ahead. You think, right. you think $1,200 is cheap for headlights? For Porsche. Yeah, for Porsche. You have a point there. Okay. That's the company that charges like uh, four figures for seatbelt colors. So, yes, yeah. they, they yeah. master the expensive options. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 114 inches. Is that the wheelbase of the Pacifica or the Porsche Cayenne? Ugh. 114. I promise that I'm not looking this up on my computer. Yes, he's Googling it. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see. Jill, you better be on your honor system as well. Um, oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to 114. That's hard for me to eyeball. I would definitely guess that the Cayenne has a longer wheelbase than the Pacifica. Or does it? I'm going to, I'm going to guess that that's, a, that's the Cayenne wheelbase. Jill? That was my first instinct as well to say Cayenne. Um, so I'll go Pacifica. <laughs> Damon jumps ahead to a commanding three oh. to one lead. Ah, ah. Yeah, the 114 is Cayenne. The Pacifica is 122 inches. Okay. Oh, so, okay. I was right, but I was wrong because I, I was thinking that the Cayenne would be longer. In wheelbase, just given overhangs and stuff like that. But righty. Is Miami blue a Pacifica color or a Porsche 911 color? Uh, my turn to go first. Um, I'm going to say Miami blue is a Porsche color. Mm. I would... Uh... Because my first instinct was to say Pacifica, but um, I'll go with a Porsche. Uh, it is a Porsche color. So, uh, Jill, you can't win this anymore. Um, no, because I didn't <laughs> brown nose. No. Oh, even with oh, a half I'm point. I'm ahead by more than a half point. <laughs> yeah, it's four to two. So the rest of this is just uh, just academic at this point. Uh, which weighs more, a base Chrysler Pacifica or a base Porsche Cayenne? Oh, I guess it's Jill's turn to go first on this one. Uh, I'm trying to decide if base. I'm going to say base Pacifica. The question yeah, is, which weighs more? Which mm -hmm. weighs more? Uh, I'm going to guess the Cayenne weighs more than base base vehicle to base vehicle. Damon, you got all five questions correct today. <laughs> well done. All right. Yeah, the Cayenne weighs 4,600 pounds, the Pacifica 4,300. And now the absolutely useless bonus question, the tiebreaker. <laughs> in, in the classic 1991 film, Shakes the Clown, what did Shakes drive? Was it a Crosley Hotshot, a Jordan Playboy, a Nash Metropolitan, or a Pontiac Ventura? That is not a Porsche or a Pacifica. It is not. Man, you've gone completely off the reservation for uh, the tiebreaker. <laughs> you just wanted to squeeze in one of your favorite movies. I did. I mean, yeah, that's no, actually absolutely. a movie? <laughs> not no, only that, Bob it's a great movie. <laughs> oh. Not for kids. I wouldn't no, say that one, that's probably good not a good one. for movie. little kids. Little kids will love it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can you can you I, I've never seen that movie, but I know that Bobcat Goldthwaite is the titular character and he's like an alcoholic clown. So Correct. you've you've thrown in the Crosley and the I can't even remember what a Jordan Playboy looks like off the top of my head. That's like a twenties car. The Crosley is something you might expect a clown to drive. Um and then you said Pontiac Ventura, and what was the other choice? Was it four or five total? It was four. Nash Metropolitan. Metropolitan. So you're you're thinking the the dinky little two seater convertible, right? Well, I'm not the thinking it. That's what that is. Yeah. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never seen the movie. You've given 
appropriate clown cars, but given the fact that he's kind of an alcoholic guy, I'm going to guess the Ventura. Go against uh, the clown type. All right, Jill? Yeah, I don't know what any of those cars are, so I'll go with an Ash. <laughs> well, Jill wins the bonus round. Oh. No, was it an Ash match problem? Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. I, all I right. guess the comedic nature of that car makes sense, but yeah. It does. All right, David, you want to give us a real quick overview of what's going on at the CG Daily Drive blog? Yes, and I will pull it up on my screen here. We've got uh, our normal, again, we're cranking out reviews as normal. So uh, we've got a lot of good stuff that uh, went up this week review-wise. Um, I can't remember if we talked about, uh, we, we've got a quick spin review of the Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro. Uh, we talked about the 4Runner last week. This is kind of the pickup truck counterpart to that. And it's in that very... Uh, macho in uh industrial looking military looking army green color it's got a Love big uh it's great yeah color. this one's got a big desert air intake snorkel that's on the passenger <laughs> side so it's about as macho as you can make a, a, to, a toyota tacoma look uh that's one of our reviews tom you reached you did a very deep pull uh in dredging up a concept that i didn't even know existed uh in our forgotten concept car series and that is the Carmen S-U-C. Um, I guess you say S-U-C and not what S-U-C spells. Uh, I assume. It's all uppercase, yes. I think it's sport, sport Utility Convertible or Sport Utility Concept. I can't remember what the C stands for. I think it was uh, but Carmen. Is it? Oh, that's right. It is a convertible, too. Uh, so it's yeah. a SUV proportion vehicle uh, that is a convertible four-door. And I'm sure Carmen doesn't ring a bell as a automaker with, with most listeners, and that's because it's not. Carmen is actually a coach building firm. Uh, mm -hmm. If you recall the, the Volkswagen Carmen Ghia, mm -hmm. uh, that's the same Carmen. So it's Car K Carmen with a K-A-R-M-A and two N's, N-N. Uh, so this was a vehicle that Carmen put out in collaboration uh, with ZF, which is a German uh, automotive hardware maker, uh, you know, supplier to the OEM automakers. This is a vehicle they put together to sort of show off what they could do. Uh, very interesting footnote. Uh, I'm sure it was kind of odd looking when it was new and it hasn't gotten any more normal looking in the ensuing years. Uh, so that's an interesting one to check out. Um, a few more reviews. We've got a 2020 Honda Civic Hatchback Sport Touring. Which interestingly to me, that is one of that's kind of at the top of the normal Honda Civic model roster outside mm -hmm. of of the full track uh, high performance type R. Uh, that's a, a you know personally one of my favorite vehicles in the Civic lineup. Uh, we've got a review of the all new 2020 Lincoln Aviator Reserve. Uh, Lincoln's version of the redesign for 2020 Ford Explorer. Uh, so lots of uh, luxury features there, and that comes standard with 400 horsepower. Uh, a vehicle that we talked about on this show a few episodes back, actually several episodes back now, and that's the 2020 BMW M340i. That's oh, yeah. the 382 horsepower, six-cylinder turbo version of the redesign for 2019 BMW 3 Series. The M340i is a new model uh, for 2020. Last year, it was just the four-cylinder three-series, and now they've added this uh, much more muscular six-cylinder version for 2020. And I believe they're going to have a true M3 that will be joining the lineup uh, for 2021 that's going to be even more of a hot rod than the M340 is. So we got a full test drive on that. We've got a 2020 Lexus NX300 F Sport. In a very interesting color called cadmium orange. Mm, uh, the that was NX a good color. is Lexus. It was a good color, uh, and it costs. It'll cost you an extra five hundred ninety-five dollars if you want to put it on your NX. So that's it's, something it's that we that see a lot. Nice. Yeah, it's that nice, and that's something that we see a lot. Is is manufacturers have been charging extra for special colors. Yeah. Um, and apparently it's, it's working cause, uh, yeah, the, it's a practice that's continuing and, and understandable at some level, because a lot of these modern finishes, there are multiple stages, there's clear coats, there's 
very sophisticated metallic powders in them and stuff. It's not just spraying white enamel on something. It's a more involved paint process. And I, I'm, you know, some people might balk at the extra price, but I'm glad that they are doing this practice because that means that you get a lot more interesting colors than you would have otherwise. And for everybody yeah. that complains that, oh, all new cars are just black, white, or silver. Yeah. <laughs> If you they they have plenty of very interesting colors and paint technology has come such a long way, uh, it's just that if you want it, you you might have to cop up a little bit extra cash for it. Yeah. Um, so All that's right. uh, one of the last reviews. And then Tom, you did a gallery article uh, listing a bunch of vintage, uh, picturing a bunch of vintage uh, automatic transmission advertisements, mostly from the late '40s, uh, running on through the '50s up until the early '70s. So, yeah, yeah, it's that's funny what that uh, we've got on the blog. We're saying goodbye to the manual transmission now, but there was a time when you had to sell people on the idea of an automatic. So <laughs> yeah. things have yeah, come when that was a, a hot new technology. Yeah, Damon, you've got a big question for us today. What is it? I do. So this was something that we actually wanted to get to last week as we were talking about uh, the forerunner and the the Toyota forerunner and how it was something of a an automotive zombie for a while where it was was not really selling very well and then it was selling like gangbusters as the market changed. So the question that I have, and I've got a couple uh, key answers for this, is what vehicle, either new or within say the last 10, 15 years or so, do you think uh, should have sold or should sell? better than it did or does. So kind right. of a, a unsung hero. We've got like three minutes, so everyone give me one. Uh, I'll say Jaguar I-Pace. The I-Pace. Mm -hmm. So that's Jaguar's all-electric crossover. Yeah, the public is is frankly scared of that vehicle. They can't give them away. <laughs> no, but it's pretty awesome, and I loved it. So I would yeah, like it's to fast. see it do better. Yeah. yeah. Damon? I will say the Mazda 5. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The, Tell us what the sliding the the sliding door it's a basically a mini minivan. It's a downsized minivan with a taller body build and minivan like proportions, but it's built on uh the compact car size like chassis like a Mazda 3 chassis. I will full disclosure we actually own one. That's my wife's uh daily driver and I th ours is a 2008 so if they made a new one, that would be one of the top at the top of my uh, to buy list. And having small having small kids, the sliding doors are a godsend. And my wife finds regular minivans not mini enough. Uh, so the the Mazda Five is the is a perfect solution for us. And and it uh, they it's discontinued now. I guess sales just weren't enough. Uh, and that's one that I wish would come back. All right, I'm going to go real quick with the Honda Ridgeline. I think it's the best pickup you can buy in America, yeah. and it would serve the purposes of probably 75% of all pickup truck buyers. It is it is essentially, and Honda would kill me for saying this, but it's a Honda Pilot with a pickup truck bed, and that's two great things put together. Love that vehicle. Wish more people thought about it. We are flat out of time again, kids. <laughs> Technical right. difficulties aside, Jill, Damon, thanks for being here. Ah, thank Producer you. Paul, thank you for dealing with the, the insanity of trying to get us online and, and connected when we're all in different places. Uh, special thanks to our guest today, Joe Weisenfelter. You can check out everything he does at cars.com. And as always, thanks to my radio mentors, Steve and Johnny. You guys are the best. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. We will talk to you next week. 